We have to go back! Episode 64, and as usual, it's me, Gary Parsons, and the prof, Carl Riley. Howdy. We're in Johnny Blues, as usual, and we have a massive show today to talk about. But first of all, we're going to talk about our sponsors, our fantastic sponsors, Peach Trees, who now are extending their phenomenal pancakes, and uh, the kids go free. So if you go into Peach Trees, get yourself some pancakes, and bring the kids, it is now free. So it's until the kids go back to school, Tuesday to Sunday. Bacon on your pancakes, I don't know about that, and uh, ice cream and everything. So that's Petrie's, and they're wonderful pancakes. So uh, ice cream on the pancakes, ice cream on the pancakes, yeah. Now you piqued my interest. Now. Yeah, blueberry on bacon, bacon ice cream, bacon flavor ice cream with syrup on the pancakes. It's it's actually amazing. It's strange. You make weird faces when you eat. You're like, what? What is this? Um. Yeah, so we have to talk about um, Drogheda in the Cup, unfortunately. Uh, we have the big derby on Friday. Quifties with Luke Bourne and Ronan Finn. So that was an interesting one. Let's Always get, a bit of crack, isn't it, the Quifties? Let's get something out of the way here first, Gare. Yeah, get it out of the way. The FBI Cup. It is officially on the list of hatred. <laughs> Did somebody say this to you recently? <laughs> I think, think I made up my mind about 10 minutes after the game ended that I would add on to this to hatred. Seriously though, yeah. absolutely horrified about, about this result. We're going to go into it in detail in a while. I definitely won't be held responsible for this because I never gave us a hope of winning. I don't know about you. Brian really? Kerr, Brian Kerr apparently thought we'd win the cup. You didn't give us a hope of winning? You kept that no, quiet? No. You were quietly um, brooding about that one. But we said last year that this is an albatross around our necks and that's just the way it is. It's just the way it's going to be. Basically, we went out two rounds earlier than scheduled. Than scheduled. <laughs> the going right said that one. Hey, listen, it's just not good yeah. enough. Absolutely horrendous. Um, like I said, we're going to it in a while. And uh, we're not holding back today, Prof. I don't care. I'm not holding back. So, uh, last week, we had Big Al. Uh, we had to renovate the whole of Johnny Blues just to get him in the door. <laughs> Guy is huge. And he brought down the gloves as well. And I think I, think, uh, I nearly suffocated because one got stuck on my head. So big his hands are. I took a selfie afterwards and I've never felt so inferior <laughs> standing next to a man. He's got like 4% body fire or something, this guy. What ridiculous. Did, what did your dad ask him afterwards? He asked him what gas team he liked. Oh man, oh, no. the, the, it just got so awkward. Your brother Tamo heard that and he looked Fuck like he just wanted the ground to swallow him up. And Al kind of turned away and I saved him. He was just like, oh, no, no. 
<laughs> so awkward. And he's like, what about the dubs? It's like, oh, shut up, that Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, so uh, we were in the Tifties mobile because me and yeah. some of the other lads were in work late that night. So we had to drive down. Dan Swan wasn't happy. No, he wasn't. I think he's opening up his own list of H's soon enough. Yeah. We're going to top the list. Precious income last. Precious income, yeah. So we had to go down. We had to fly back to the, to Dublin. Went back. Went by the, the bus a couple of times, actually, on the way up and down. Yeah, and uh, we were worried about traffic as well mm. because of the flat kill. But we absolutely flew down, didn't yeah. we? Yeah, we, were, we must have been the first ones there, I think. Got there in no time. We were there in no time. We got there at six, actually. So we were there... The earliest I think I've ever been for any match. <laughs> Can I just say, your wife and your son are really competitive over the Yellow Reg game. Yeah. Like, really competitive. Like, Jaden Jaden just wants to win constantly. <laughs> and I, my arm is black and blue because of that. <laughs> and if someone hits his arm, he like he broods over. He yeah, chews over for a while. such a bad loser. Plotting his revenge. <laughs> Praying for Yellow Reg. Um, yeah, so it was uh, early days. Six o'clock we got there and we hit the windmill couple of points and uh yeah, we were there so early it was it was easy to get a point initially but then nearer the kickoff it was virtually impossible to get served ah oh, it was uh, crazy i'm actually still there now yes yeah, waiting on waiting on me cars lie yeah waiting on me but um yeah uh, garrett brennan he's he said on one of our whatsapp groups he said the best moment was parsons nine-year-old coming back from the bar and handing his mother a point saying here i got you that <laughs> how did he even get that point that's what I couldn't understand. I actually haven't yeah. even asked him because he yeah. came back and he slid it across real cool. Like I was like, oh, Barman's probably giving a point there. I was like, there's Jaden getting served and all. I thought of a random memory actually from United Park. This was uh, under Crawley five years ago. It was one of those classic Crawley's first halves where it just looked hopeless in the first half. Like we weren't going to win the game. We were just going to pass them to death mm. and draw nil-nil like we did every away game that season. So we're down in Jota. So it was nil-nil at half time. And three lads actually left the game and went to the pub and stayed there. And then we we scored three goals in the second half. Plenty of suspects there. McCabe got two headers, I think. Sean O'Connor scored one from long range. And then they got back in the bus afterwards and they'd won the spot the ball. So everyone was giving them grief. Was Definitely like, wouldn't give it. It was like, you're not getting this, pal. Uh, <laughs> I, I think uh, oh, Kenny Barrett would be the number one suspect for that. Ditching <laughs> the match and going to the pub at halftime. So we'd hear rumblings about... Uh, Potentially having a 15-year-old in the squad, in the pub, and uh, 18-year-old Dean Williams as well. And it was true, so uh, two young guys on the bench. And to make everyone feel old, uh, Dean was born in the year 2000. And Sinclair was born the day after we beat Audra in the 2003 in the Total Cup. What were we doing in 2003? He was playing heads and volleys somewhere out on the road. I wasn't playing for the Rowers first team anyway. Unbelievable stuff. And uh, played for Escar as well. Played for Escar from under fives up until about 11s. Went to Cherry Orchard and then Rovers nipped them. But um, yeah, so it was a lovely evening in United Park and the views in the ground are terrible. Yeah, I, this, it's my second most hated ground after Oriel Park. It's either a, a pylon or a, f- a fence or an inbred or something, <laughs> something in your, blocking your view. The stand is okay, but we were in the terrace. Do you see they got to got to go ahead for their new uh, ten thousand seaters? Yeah, they? I can't wait for that. Although that did smack to me of a bit of PR for Delaney, just the timing of it. Yeah, well, didn't you say recently that whenever they have a big meeting coming up, they just happen to have good news? They yeah. time it very well. 
Also, I noticed whenever there's like an announcement of good news about a stadium or something, they have the person thanking the laney. They've got loads of quotes from the laney. But if it's something like Limerick embrace players go on strike, one sentence end. Uh, PR machine is in full flow there, yeah. Yeah, so we lost 1 0 in Drogheda. Uh, Dan Carr was injured. Greg Bulger was suspended. Ali Gilchrist and Aaron Green were left out. So in came Joey O'Brien, the two Kavanaghs, and Daddy Cool Shaw. I like how someone, it was, uh, it was a Pat Camarin, said Gilchrist is good for terror value. <laughs> <laughs> terror value. Remember his dodgy moment against Sligo? Oh man, yeah. terror value. So the Carr injury, that wasn't mentioned in team news. Yeah, no, um, he wasn't even in so the squad. So people were kind of surprised with that. We did get that team news a little bit earlier in the week, so maybe it could have happened on the Thursday or the Friday morning. He must have been looking and at the Bowes game, maybe keep him out of Thought he could have coped. Hmm. Failed miserably. Aaron Bowes, an unused sub again. It's getting to the point where you have to wonder why. Yeah. Um, I suppose Brandon Cavanaugh is ahead of him in the pecking order, but the other Brando should be way behind him. The pecking order. Which we will get to because uh, shock, absolutely shocked that he even came on. So we talked about Dylan Watts with a shot early on that was saved. Um, excellent save. It was like a, a volley ball came in from the right, like a side foot turn. No, that volley. was that was the cabinet volley. That was the cabinet. Was this that, was, that was a right foot volley? No. Yeah, but the Watts shot that was just a long range shot. Yeah, it was that was an okay save. Yeah. But the, the 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 one you're talking about that was an excellent save. We yeah, had really go down to yeah. his right and Skinner of all, of all you had a great stat about his clean sheet yeah. Skinner, and then he comes on and like, then he keeps oh, another one man I swear to God but listen we're going to talk about the penalty and the red card to Lee Grace I've watched this more times than I've seen my wife in the last month and I honestly I honestly think Manus had it so we're going to it was to start off with a 1-2 Bowen gave ball away it, it, it was sloppy in the edge of our box something that I, I always talk about that we cannot keep doing is giving the ball away in our own half and it was near enough to the 18 yard box little one two a 17 year old Hondermark I think his name was French guy the gloriously named William Hondermark William Hondermark and as he is put through on goal Lee Grace kind of grabs his shoulder and pulls him back and it's a blatant red card but watch it again watch it again it's a heavy touch Hondermark is into the box Alan Manis has him Alamanis has that smother. If he doesn't have a smother, Joey O'Brien's going to make an interception. Yeah. If he goes around him, there's another player there to the right. It was a bad decision from Lee Grace and it, it affected the game. It really did affect the game, but it was uh, it was bad defending from Lee from, from Sam Bowen. Bad, bad concentration and a silly decision from Lee Grace to pull him down in the box because Joey O'Brien, fair enough, Joey O'Brien might not have got to him, but he had very little options left Hondermark because Alamanis was coming out Alamanis is huge makes the goal small made himself big and at the end of the day it was a bad decision from Grace and it ultimately affected the game I can't believe he did it I can't it was so careless it really was it was what was he doing putting his hands on him there and even even if it came like he could have gotten away with that if I know the ball was, was, was getting away from him but if he had made a tackle even there's intent for the ball there, yeah. therefore it's a yellow. That's the rule they That's brought a, in yeah, two years fantastic ago. Fantastic rule. You can't have a double punishment of the red card and penalty if you make a genuine attempt for the ball. But in this case, you just put his arm on his shoulder and pulled him back, so it's definitely a penalty. I mean, did and absolutely disgusted. The second, the second he did it, I said red card. Red card all day. I couldn't even shout at the ref. I couldn't even say no, it's not, because it was. It was a red card. The guy was true on goal. He was about to pull the trigger. Fair enough, the ball was come, going away from him. It, it looked like a 50-50 between him and Manus. Mm. I'd be putting Manus in that all day. 
It just watch it again. Brazier insists that it's a penalty, but not a red card. He's he's true on goal, and he pulls mm. him back. How is it not a red card? Because he's not the last man. But I don't think that's even the ref interprets it. Uh, the ref the ref looked at that and saw him as the last man because he was true on mm. goal and he was about to take a shot. Yeah, that's that's the way he looks at that. Joey was just behind him, so it's all about the ref's interpretation. But either way, fucking horrendous stuff from Rovers. Horrendous. Grace does have the odd. Clanger. Helder in him he's like he's a fantastic defender player of the year for me so far but he does have one or two of these mistakes in him unfortunately just suppose a lot of League of Ireland defenders are going to have otherwise they'd play at a much higher level mm. and then with Chris Lyons slotted it away our former B team striker scored the penalty and it says a lot because I, Chris Lyons is, is a mm. first division player at best and he, he ran the show he was a player he was probably the man the match by their centre half or maybe Honda Mark in the middle and um once once the goal went in half of the other B team players don't know where they're in, in like non-league level at this stage I'd actually be very interested to see where they are now yeah there's a project for me That's a, there's a project now prof this, this will be this will be done next week watch in no way am I undertaking that project <laughs> yeah move on uh, yeah so um, no FAI Cup replays in the early rounds and it suddenly dawned on us when the penalty went in we saw we yeah. have to win here we need to come from behind which how many times have we done this season how many times have we done it in the last, in the last how long? two seasons? Two seasons. Twice. Galway away. Probably something else, some other insignificant game. We, no, I think that's it. We just don't do it. And we were supposed to come behind 10 men. We came from behind to beat Galway. And we came from behind to get a draw away to the dock and home to Waterford. That's mm. it in the last two seasons. So other than that, the first half was, was horrific. We, 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 we had no... Rhyme or rhythm or to our play, mm. we, we had absolutely nothing at all. Someone asked the question: Do you think we would have won with eleven men? That, I'm not sure we would have. We weren't uh, looking. That, I mean, that's that's a crazy question to ask. Think about that. Like you cannot predict patterns of play. No, you can't. That haven't happened with in a different scenario. It's it it's wasn't a, looking promising. But if it had gone to extra time, I would have fancied us maybe to nick it. Yeah, I think so. But I mean, if you think you can't, that's it's such a hard question to answer. Yeah. Would we have won with eleven v eleven? And I'm saying no, and then yes, but I don't know. You'd like to say yeah. yes, but anything could happen in these games. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. So we the the fourth half absolutely horrendous, uh, disgraceful performance from everybody, and just not good enough for ours. Probably Manus is the only one that can hold his head up high. Manus was excellent for the whole game I thought he kept us in it could have been 2 or 3 we'll talk about their chances now with the second, is, ha- yeah. second half chances that we had I think the the Brandon Cavanagh volley you mentioned that one yeah Sam Bone had a shot from range the green one was he was true on goal right, true on and goal. he did well to get in Shaw was there Castrain was waiting for a tap in practically on the goal line and he went for glory himself he shouldn't yeah. have with his right foot and hit the side net that's, that's twice now he could have been the hero <laughs> yeah, if he had scored that goal in Stockholm, that would have been the fastest redemption in the history of football. Oh, unbelievable! It's it, like that's that, but that's it is why we love football. It is why we follow Rovers. It's a roller coaster season so far. But this is like going out of the cup early. It's it's just not good enough. It really isn't. But and I suppose the red card leveled the playing field and it brought us down to their level. Brought us into a scrap. On a tight pitch. But you know what? I wouldn't I wouldn't even go down that road because I I'd, I'd say that they didn't scrap. They played football. They tried to play football. Tim Clancy, like how many times did they hit us on the break? Hondamark should have scored. Yeah, they should have scored a territory, yeah. Uh Keelan Dillon hit the bar. And they should have scored the, the follow up. Great save from Al. 
No, they really should have won mm. two or three. Now. Well, we went through the back, so it did open up for them. And we had a lot of the ball, and I just felt like our play was just so repetitive. It was just constantly just chipping into Shawzi, and it never worked, never worked, never worked. And we kept it's, trying it. It was, how many times have we seen this? In particular against Bowles, where we're pushing for a goal. Why did we wait till the last five minutes to up our tempo and start doing this? Why did we do that? Why did we wait till the last five, ten minutes? To, to actually try and go and score and, and, and run run and let's say the ball goes over throw in run and try and get it off the ball boy and take it quickly why did we wait why didn't we up the tempo completely in the second half uh, really really frustrating performance and the players it's it, it, it stunk of them going out into the pitch and thinking mm-hmm. we won already Brazil practically admitted didn't he that would be uh, complacency was absolutely horrendous it really was he said that we didn't respect the PI Cup but you know what annoyed me afterwards as well like, Bradza came out and said, we weren't prepared. That was a terrible choice of words. Why? No, no. Yeah. L- let's think about this. Why weren't you prepared? If there was no game the week before. There was no There was no match. You have a full week of training. <coughs> Why weren't you prepared for the FAI Cup first round against Strada away? Why not? If we're to take that literally, then that's a shocking statement. Why weren't they prepared? I don't know and, if I, 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 I want answers. That. I want answers. Why weren't we prepared for that? Look at the, look at the crowd. How many people went out there? There's over 500 people there. All travelling, all paying money, all taking time off work, all going into work late just to see Rovers. P- mm. Do they realise that? Do these players realise that? That we actually, this is a way of life. It's not just a hobby. Rovers is a way of life. People want to go and watch the team. They pay a good money. They work. This is working class. They're going to pay money every single week. Members paying money every, every single year. Why can't they go out and take this cup seriously? That's that's the first time in a long time I genuinely felt that the players just showed up and thought all they had to do was show up and they'd win and Joe would roll over. I actually no. felt that way. Not good enough for overs. Can't believe they went in with that mentality. If so, and that's, even, what, that's what it looked like. Even the old classic when the final whistle went, fuck off, Rovers. That was one guy who shows that. The old classic. Yeah. So um, oh, the Joe the chances you mentioned, yeah, Dylan. Drilled a Super shot. Super shot. Buried. All end up. Hit the post. I don't yeah. know if Manus got a touch in it. You can't really see. No, from, I don't think he did. The camera's so far away you can't tell. See how well he got back up? He got straight back up and then he actually made a great save from yeah. the, from the Lions, rebound. Lions on the rebound, yeah. So our, our subs at half time were Green came on and then later, as we says, uh, Mele came on and then... But you know what frustrated me as well? Once again, I know we, we both picked one up front but hindsight is fantastic but how many times have we gone to to draw it and hopped off them with two up front like what well, maybe we were I don't know he brought Sinclair Armstrong on he's a striker brought him on out wide and there was nothing there I felt bad for the guy I don't think he touched the ball until the I very end he got a he, header he headed us over that was his first the, touch I the think. poor guy is 15 years of age he brings yeah. him on the, in, in the fourth round of the cup to, to, to win it to, to actually save the cup I, I thought it was a lot of pressure on the kid's shoulders but I, I felt like Shawzi was, was doing his best just Playing up front in that tankless role, why didn't we just go two up top? Dean Williams is on the bench. Dean Williams is the top scorer in the 19s, isn't he? Banging in goals, good finisher in and around the box. Shawzi's going to be knocking balls down. Every ball that went up to Shawzi that he won went to nobody. There's nobody going beyond the lines. There's nobody running around them. Wingers weren't coming in around them looking for flick-ons. If you're going to hoof it up to Shawzi, you need to have people mm. making runs in and around them. Well, you said before the show we should have started with Shawzi and Williams up front and... 
Actually, yeah, I think I agree with that. When you think about it, he's going to be yeah. working off all those chances that are going to be hitting off Shaws. The way the way the way Twiggy and Baker used to be, we used to hop off Jordan for fun up here in this little toy pitch. Like Andy Moyler said, he knew what that pitch was like. He knew the pitch is small. He couldn't run, but he knew how big it was. He knew how small. He knew how small it was, and he knew the dimensions that he could get around easily enough. We we didn't we didn't play the way we should have on that pitch. It's just we're in the height of it here, prof. I thought I got um, this out on me after the game. <laughs> you were wrong. We were only talking to Al on the podcast two days earlier. We were talking to him about penos. We were talking to him about going up in the last minute what for corners. What did I say to you when he went up? This and is there it. we are standing on the touchline. He's facing down a penal. Sent the wrong way. And then up he goes for a corner. Got nowhere near. Oh, I was there going, this is it. This is like, it. It's, make it's your, written in the stars. Make yourself a nuisance, Al. Yeah, yeah. Just, yeah that's yeah. it. Effect something, but it just didn't happen. Um, so now, the prof... Got some stats. Cover your ears, gents. You sure you want to hear this? Yeah, go for it. Well, we're out of both cups, the first division clubs, without scoring a goal. There, that's enough. Keep on hooping. <laughs> See you next week. We may as well just end it. First time since 1991-92 that we went out of both FBI Cup and League Cup at the first hurdle. Stats don't lie. Yeah, that year went out the Pats and we didn't get out of the group stage in the League Cup. Even though we didn't concede a goal. Didn't concede a goal in the three games and we got knocked out. It's weird. Only other time in history that we only played one game in each competition was 1981. Oh, fuck's sake. Our cup campaign was over so fast that Maloney didn't even see it. <laughs> now that's, he's not happy with that. Yeah, Guaranteed he's not happy with that. There's a Maloney staff for you. He mm-hmm. reckons that's the first time it's ever happened. No way that he didn't see an FA Cup game in yeah. his whole Rovers career. Yeah. Well, no, as in he didn't see any game of a season in the cup. Oh man! Like he might have missed the quarter final or something, but he saw the previous round. Yeah, he saw yeah. at least yeah. one game. Yeah. First FAI Cup campaign that Roberts didn't score in since 1999. First time since Sporting Fingal 2009 that a first division club knocked us out. And first time since Atlanta 1998 that it happened away from home against the first division club. <sighs> there you go. But like, like it goes back to what I'm talking about with the fans who are putting, who are giving time. Like look at Leeds recently. I think Marcelo Bielsa, he made the the fans, he made the players go out and pick up yeah. rubbish for three hours because he's like, this is what the fans have to do to come and watch you guys. You guys are in the lap of luxury here. This is what happens for fans who want to come and watch their team. They have to work. They have to get days off. They have to go and get child minors they have to do these things so they can come and watch you play those f- fans fighting in the ground after the game those fans screaming at each other some fans are booing some fans aren't they're both, ki- they're, they're both shouting at each other saying why are you booing they like, I'll boo them if I want because it's rubbish and they like, no you never boo the team and they're, they're having arguments there's fights people nearly come to blows in the stand people left right and centre are all screaming and shouting at each other why because it's it's not good enough it's a disgrace and this is how emotional people get over hours the players need to know that that needs to be drummed mm. home to them they really they, need to realise that they they just, they just can't turn up and, and, and just not give a fuck they timidly came over to us and kind of applauded us and a lot of people actually did applaud which baffled me to be honest I was I was standing there in disbelief yeah. I've never been been a long time since I've been that stunned by a result. Like, do they realise that the fans still own this club? Never mind the the, the loan and things like that. Like, like Ray Wilson is a fan. 
We the, the rest of the four hundred club are fans. They bought the club. Mm-hmm. Do they realise that? That this isn't like a money making scheme. This this isn't a way to make money. This is Shamrock Rovers, the fans' club. We own this club. We do want nothing but the best for it. But they just it doesn't seem to register. That didn't register last week, and it's just not good enough. I saw Sligo gave some money back. Apparently, let them make a donation to Gaza kids or something like that. Sh- show show some sort of remorse. Fair enough, it was ten men, but it still wasn't good enough. It just there was no fight. Absolutely no fight in that team at all. And Bar Bar Alamanis maybe. Alamanis was the only one to come out with a bit of credit. Maybe Pico or Joey. Joey had a bit of fight in him. Made some last-ditch tackles. But other than that, there was absolutely no fight. Shawzi endeavoured up front on his own again. Running around like a headless chicken. After balls, hopeless balls coming into him. It was a disgrace. Saw one fan punching a portaloo. Yeah, on the way seen up. that as well. Um, yeah, the, the online reaction was... Uh, this is, this is one of those times where actually the online reaction was justified. Like sometimes I'm reading, I'm like, like, ah, you're going over the top here. But this time it was like, I was like, no, actually this this was an embarrassment. This was a complete another embarrassment. This result. I can't stand. Do you know what? Every little cretin comes out of woodwork yeah. when this happens. Cup specialists, rovers out in the yeah. field. Just uh, help me. Even Tony O'Donoghue said cup specialists. The Brennans crawled out from under a rock times. Like we don't use that word. Might use it ironically, but like. Yeah, that, that cup special thing is showing at us, but my post re-emerged in the farm, Gar. You'd be delighted to know. Jesus. Plenty of other trolls and wind-up merchants yeah, came out of the woodwork. It. it always is, isn't it? They enjoy the pain. It's just, it's this Jekyll and Hyde thing again, because how well did we play in Stockholm? It was the same team. We got a good result in Waterford without playing brilliantly. We were decent. And it just felt like it, we reverted back to the all the way performances, like in the Sligos and the Pats, where we just, when we goggle down, we just don't know what to do. Can't find a way back into the game. And it's really we, frustrating. It, Kieran Stafford, the good quote, he said, uh, whoever it is that's supposed to be wearing that green ribbon should be at a fucking old folks home by the time we win that cup again. So, <laughs> not confident at all. <laughs> and the gap weeks as well, uh, like the Friday... The week after balls, that we've no game, and then after Bray, we've no game. You know, it's weekends that we're supposed to be in the cup. And I don't want to be negative because we're going to keep doing the podcast, and we love going to the games no matter what happens. But this season, sadly, is just going to fizzle out now because it's just really nothing to play for. Like yeah, third or fourth, we'll we'll try and seal that. But after this derby, it just feels like. Just kind of a nothingness end of yeah. the season. Yeah, it's, and I hate saying that, but that's that's the way it is. Though I mean, it's on such a good run as well, and then we go to draw it away in the cup. But listen, we'll top of we'll top of Bradzer. It's like away in the last day, though. It's like away in the last day. We're gonna gear up for that. We're gonna the make this bus. a mass. The rave bus is on. Uh, we're gonna make it a big one. We we play them. I think a couple of times at the end of the season. Uh, yeah, Gary Twig and his gravity defying volley. <laughs> off his own header off the bar and we got the game what I think was postponed for like 10 minutes in the 17th minute to show them who the real champs were that yeah. was a great trip so Bradzer was quoted in the media saying that the players didn't respect the FAI Cup and we didn't prepare right so that is the preparation is down to the management and why didn't they respect the FAI Cup so make a gesture to the fans then do something like they compensate compensate for it why, why didn't you respect the FAI Cup I think Cup? they didn't respect Jod. I think they Why? Just, they just expected to beat them. What is the reason? There needs to be an explanation. Why didn't you respect them? 
And why weren't you prepared for the FAI Cup? Why not? It just doesn't... I, I, I don't know why. I'm, I'm at a loss here. Why weren't they prepared and why didn't they prepare? Well, you were asking me about the two-week break and uh, Brazzer said that's actually a good thing because we had 12 injuries last week. Yeah, exactly. Did no game last week. Did mm. full uninterrupted training sessions where they could work on tactics. How can they not be prepared for this? It just... It's beyond me. It really is. How could we go out there and be complacent like that? After a nice break, uninterrupted training sessions and working on injuries, like you said, two weeks off, no mm. games, able to, able to get players back in. How? how, how? It's just... It's, it's beyond words. Well, as we say, if Grace doesn't make that crazy decision, we're not even in this mess. Yeah. Could be talking about a handy 2-0 win. Yeah, but fair enough, we're down to 10 men. But there was no fight. I can understand... Mm. Going out with a, we went out with a whimper. Did we trouble their goalkeeper? Just, One shot, just a cabin of volley, just a cabin of volley. Paul Skinner on goal. That's what frustrated me most of all. How many we, goals have we put past? We kept Paul going, kept going back to the well. We kept trying to carry them all up in the same way for ninety minutes. I think that's the definition of insanity. Hmm. All right, so the rest of the FAI Cup results. Um, with UCD beating two, Point Grovers 2 0, uh, Shelbourne 4 0, Athlone in Talca Park, Dundalk 3, Cove Ramblers 0, Bray Wanderers 1, Finn Harps 3, good win for them, the Carlisle after extra time, Inchicore Dedic 0, Pats 5. Did you see the penalty incident with that? Yeah, the Conan Burns. What was that about? They had three different penalties, yeah. I guess. One was going to take it, then he was subbed. Yeah, then yeah that guy was Ian subbed. Ian Turner, wasn't it? So he got subbed, and then the guy, I think, Conor Clifford went up, says, I'll take that. No, but then Conan Bourne came yeah. on. I, look, I have to say. Just muscled him out of the way. Conan Bourne, it was, it was, yeah, he literally didn't even look at him. Goes up, picks up the ball, yeah. and just takes it. Your man's just like. I like the look on his face. He's like, oh. He's, okay. he's like, this is mine. I, th- I think yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe Conan, my guess is that he has scored in every round. That's my guess. Since he has scored in every. He scored in the FA Cup every year. That's what I'm thinking. So when he mm. came on, he says, "Right, I'm taking this." I'm just thinking he's the penalty taker. So yeah, maybe so. But I'm I'm thinking he has that dibs. Yeah, true. He had his own special on Greatest League in the World there uh, this week. Colin was missing, so they surprised him with a, a Conan Bourne special. It was good. Mm. So we'd Wexford nil and Bowles uh, seven. And uh, no trouble with the First Division Cup. Uh, yeah, away. Although Wexford are a shambles in the fairness. Yeah, Saturday there was Scaries one. Waterford 4 we Dublin bus El Trafico they actually uh, called it that in the RT report they class. actually wrote the words El Trafico uh, Dublin bus nil CIE Ranch 1 uh, Blarney United 2 Derry City 12 14 goal thriller that's a joint record winning margin in the 96 year history of the FBI Cup mm-hmm. that game it's the first time a team won by 10 goals in 47 years wow and 14 goals total that's a record Robbers did beat a non-league team once, uh, 9-3 in the 30s. We'd Minute Uni, who uh, beat Ed Sauls Fairhouse in the Cup last year in the Aviva, 2-0. Ed Sauls now at League Slip, so good luck to Ed, actually. Um, he's now the main gaffer at League Slip. Uh, we'd, so Minute Uni beat Leeds, 2-0. Um, we'd Newmarket Celtic, who lost 2-1 to Cavantini. North End United lost 4-0 to Galway. Sligo Rovers went out to Longford, which is a big shock. How is Jared Little still yeah. in the job? That's the second year in a row that Sligo went out to Longford in the Cup. So like Neil Fenn must have their number. He, uh, they really are giving Jared Little a chance there, aren't they? Yeah. I was watching Soccer Republic for the first time in weeks, actually. You'd think I'd, been, I'd have been watching it when we were in form. 
and I'd give this horror show a miss. But no, I actually watched this one. And uh, Stephen Alkin was pointing out that Longford beat Sligo again. And he goes, can lightning strike again? <laughs> and I'm just like, <laughs> I'm just oh. imagining him butchering all sorts of phrases like, fool me once, fool me again. <laughs> oh, man. Sorry. On the Sunday, home farm with an absolute cracker from the halfway line. Oh, it was a beaut, wasn't it? Beaut, wasn't it? Just sailed in, 5-1, they were beaten. You see, Oddie uh, Cattle still gone with I them. I saw that in the middle of the park, the yeah. age of 42. And with Cockhill Celtic losing 2 0 to Limerick. So uh, that was a roundup of the cup results. Uh, Show cup anyway, don't care about it. Didn't fancy her anyway. No. And uh, the draw for the next round, Dundalk and Cork avoided each other as always. And Waterford away to draw it. St. Pat's got Derry, which I think it's probably a good draw for us if it comes mm. down to it. Because they're probably the most likely contenders outside of the top three to win it. So yeah. eliminates one of them. Galway got balls. And uh, Galway Saudi take over looking in jeopardy now. Yeah, isn't it? it's on the rocks, unfortunately. So um, hopefully they do push it through because we do want to see investment in the in the league. Uh, we have congratulations to Gavin Pazunu on winning the league's player of the month award for July. And this was this was greeted with a lot of disdain online. If you've really? not saying it's a joke for sixteen year old getting it, he only got it because he's sixteen. I don't think so. I mean, what was it? Four four clean sheets in the month, and. Um, if you're counting uh, the two European games, I think that's I know, what pushed I know it's, it over. it's a league trophy, but I think they do tend to factor in sort of cup things. I think that's what pushed it over yeah. the line from. I think I, I think yeah. he deserved it as well. It's fantastic performance from young Gavin in the month of July. So uh, congratulations again, young man. You can uh, put it up on the mantelpiece beside your sports day trophies at <laughs> school. Put the champagne up the mantelpiece and then wait two years to drink it. Yeah. So he said this, I've been in the first team squad all season and had no idea that the opportunity to play would come along so soon for me. I have been working hard with some injuries and I was brought into the matchday squad. Then next thing, the gaffer, Stephen Bradley, told me I was starting in the team against Bray in June. Things went really well since then. I played three more league games before we had Europa League qualifiers and that was another great experience for me. I'm grateful to everyone who has helped me and to everyone who continues to help me at the club, my teammates, all the staff, the fans, my family and friends. Rovers is everything to me and I just want to keep working hard. Do my leaving cert next year and be the best footballer I can be. I tell you, he has a way with words for a 16-year-old who could normally come across as quite coy and shy. But that, mm. that was fantastic words from Gavin. And Rovers is everything to me. That needs to be emblazoned across a billboard. Mm. Think about it. How long is he there though? Like Since the under Since nine, 10, I think. But 10s, think, about, yeah. think what this comes back to, right? It comes back to... Rovers in the community. He's a Tala lad, as far as I know. Played for Freehouse Carmel, so I think he's he's a Tala lad. He said Rovers is everything to me. That needs to be everywhere. Like I mean, we don't do enough in the community. I've been going on. I've been harping on about this for weeks. We don't have enough. Like if mm. if you if you went through Tala, you wouldn't know Rovers played there if you didn't go by the stadium. Put it that way. You'd no idea because there's nothing around Tala that tell that Rovers are playing or or that Rovers exist in the community. We need to have him all over the place. Like one of those pictures that Declan does with Gavin Bazuno was saying Rovers is everything in quote marks. Mm-hmm. That's what you need all over the place. Put it in his home, put it in his area, put a little a little billboard, something, just something. I'm just clutching at straws here. But That's, the fact that a 16-year-old goalkeeper has one player of the month and has came out and said Rovers is everything to me, we need to latch on to that. And kids will be fascinated with that. That's one thing I'm, that really excites me. Not just... Uh, Obviously, like our 15s are, are doing well, our 17s are doing well. Not just the talented players and getting to see them play in the first team in 
four or five years or whatever, but they'll have such an attachment to the club by then. Like maybe the the, the, the cream of the crop will move on to, to England or whatever. But the ones that do stay, they'll have been with the club so long, they'll love it here. Yeah. And they'll be going to games, they'll be mm. fans. It won't be as if they'll be brought by a, a parent or something like that. They'll be embedded in the culture that is and will be Rovers for the next couple of years because of the Roadstone project. And I just really think that that's what we, we need to promote is Gavin Bazunio all over Tala. Rovers is everything to me. That quote is fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. So, um, next up, our away league game versus Dundalk. That's been rescheduled for Tuesday, August 28th with kickoff at 7.45 at Oriel Park. So, that is our next game after Bowles. Yep. Ten days after. Yeah. We knew it would be a nasty midweek game, didn't we? Stinker of a Tuesday. But we'll be there. Don't you worry. And we'll be cheering on the hoops. And um, Will you be there on a Tuesday? Yeah. I've... Uh, I can't tell you why. I cannot disclose that information, but I have struck a deal. And uh, Can I, I have sh- the same deal? Shh. <laughs> 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 right, so uh, Rovers taking part in Killing the Man is 40 years, 40 year celebration. So next week with a game at the 18th, Saturday, 12pm in Ned <coughs> Kelly Park featuring a Rovers 11. So that should be a bit of crack. And uh, who would you like to see there, Prof? I say it might be Derek Tracy. Yeah. The the much debated Mark Kenny at the moment as well. Get the Kenny Cousins combo going again. Yeah, he's been a, Tony a go. topic of discussion lately. Oh, Beach Boy, hasn't he? Yeah. About what he's been liking on Twitter. He's been liking every negative Rovers post. He's been liking every po- positive <laughs> Rovers post. We don't know which side of the fence he's on. Uh, Graham Bourke scored his first goal for Preston the other night and he also got an assist as well and man of the match yep sorry. so fantastic start for Borky and he was uh, he doesn't even do tap-ins did you ever notice that he he rounded somebody yeah. the tap-in was on he buried it in the top corner yeah just doesn't he's, like doing he doesn't, he doesn't do anything remember yet. he said it to him Rolston I was like could you not score a bleeding tap-in yeah that's the first thing you said and to he him was like, he was like ah no not even in the vicinity to score tap-ins <laughs> So in the Europa League, we Cork losing 2-0 at home to Rosenborg in the first leg and they never really looked like scoring. I think they had a little chance at the end. Could have been flicked in from a free kick, but other than that, they were well beaten. Uh, we forgot to mention last week, good win for all the friends. Progress Niederkorn against Hanved, who are also former pawns of, of Rovers in the, the 80s. So they beat Rangers last season and they got through a couple of rounds this season so, so Luxembourg side seems to be improving don't they what are the Luxembourgans doing is that how we what, say what are they eating over there Luxembourg <laughs> <laughs> um, our 19s the Roadstone Project the 19s they beat Bray 1-0 and Tala with a Richie English screamer if I um, oh, right. 30 yard wonder strike whopper was it did you see it no I didn't see it it was a whopper let's get Gareth right we're going to get an on air live reaction from mm-hmm. this surely it couldn't be um Rolando Banya's wonder strike with well, the, the with the Shawzy swivel as we call it. I don't know it. if I necessarily want to compare them. I just think I just think this is an absolute beaut. This goal. He's kind of been flying under the radar recently, Richie English. He was touted as the next big thing. Hopefully, he's still plugging away in the 19s and playing well. So the prophets just getting this up and are gonna watch this live. Richie English. Gary's now watching the video. Okay, so Richie English is throwing on the right, on the left. Richie, it's picked up in the half. I don't know who these players are, but he sings it. Oh, posted it. Do you know what? That was very Milada Boleslav-esque from Borky. I'm going to watch that again. That was an absolute peach. The way that that went into the net, it was 
it was unstoppable it was like uh, Borky what? against Mad so watching it again absolute screamer takes one touch on his right foot and hammers it in from 40 yards see you later you're adding 10 yards to it now but yeah it was very old 45 yards <laughs> that is the best 50 yard goal I've ever seen two footed volley <laughs> Absolutely cracking goal. And on the same day, the 17s drew one on away to Bray with Jordan Talon with the equaliser. And the 15s won 2-1 against UCD at Roadstone with two Evan Caffrey penalties. So uh, the next up fixtures for our young guns are 19s away to Limerick this Saturday at 2pm. 17s have the week off and the 15s travel to Drogheda in the cup. Oh, for fuck's sake. Oh, no. Can lightning strike again? again. <laughs> So Sunday at 2 o'clock for the boys in Hunky Dolly Park. Um, so next up we have questions from the East and Quifties. And it's Lukey Bourne versus Ronan Finn. Battle of the brain. Okay, so we're back in the Roadstone and we have questions from the East and so Lucky lose our playoff between Ronan Finn and Lukey Bourne, the defending champ. Both of you were narrowly defeated in the fourth round. Ronan by Joey O'Brien and Lukey by Sean Cavanagh. But you've been offered a lifeline. By virtue of having the highest number of points by a losing player with seven. So this is the last chance saloon, lads. Winner will take the place of Tomer in the quarterfinals and you play Davy Mack. So you've a 15 second time limit. The prof is going to yeah, coach you if, you if you go anywhere near it. And uh, we're going to start with Ronan. So Ronan, who won the first World Cup? Uruguay. Yeah, Uruguay 1930. Lugie, who's the oldest player to score a goal in the World Cup? Tim Cahill? No, it was Roger Miller, who was 42 and 94. Oh, Ronan, in which country have reached three World Cup finals but never won it? What's my time? Six seconds. Don't know, Peru. Holland. Terrible guess, by the way. Lukey, which country have played in three World Cups and made it out of, and sorry, hold on, and made it out of group every time? So, which country have played in three World Cups and made it out of group every time? Republic of Ireland. Yep, that's it. Good show. Yeah, I thought you that. Right? And what Belgian club would Rovers have faced after Akranis in the 2012 Champions League? And elect. And Lukey, in the same year, what's the name of the Icelandic team that trashed balls? Torakareyu. Yes, um, it I was is. Playing. Um, you were playing that one? Yeah, 5 1 away. Man United Liverpool just played each other in which US state, Ronan? Oh, actually. Do you know? Mourinho has been very vocal lately. Don't know, Seattle. Michigan. And Lukey, true or false? Footballers Mark Viduka and Luka Modric are cousins. False. True. <laughs> a strange one, isn't it? I know there's a Croatian link to Australia, but hey, jeez. What are the chances there? Ronan, true or false? Kangaroos can only jump forwards. True. No, it's false. They can jump backwards. And Lukey, name two types of snakes. Rattle and anaconda. 
Yeah, we would have accepted King Cobra, Black Mamba, and James Duna as well. We would have <laughs> Ronan and Golf, who won this month's Irish Open? No, Lukey. Four seconds? Nah, I don't know. Russell Knox. No chance. And in Tennis. Who was the runner-up in the men's Wimbledon this year? Uh, I know his second name was, I think, Kevin Anderson. Yeah, Lukey's Luke. 4-1 lead. 4-1 lead. Ronald, name two Swedish music artists. Get the short side. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck no. Uh, Abba, the cardigan Swedish house mafia, the most obvious one. Yeah. They actually are Swedish, I think, are they? That's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Lukey, what is the currency in Sweden? Swedish crown. Yeah, that's it. I think, game, I think it is, but we'll, we'll finish it off anyway. Uh, Ronan, what does FBI stand for? Federal Bureau of Investigation. Yeah. And Lukey, what does CIA stand for? Central Intelligence Agency. Yeah. Ronan, what is a blunderbuss? <laughs> Never heard of that one? Blunderbuss. <laughs> it's all now. It's an, it's an old gun. Did you not know own Lukey? No. And uh, Lukey, who is the Roman god of the seas? Ulysses? No, Neptune. And according to the old English proverb, what is in the eye of the beholder? Uh, Beauty is in the eye of the beholder. And Luki, finally, give us the missing word here. Familiarity breeds. <laughs> Contempt. Yeah. I think that's a bit of a slaughter. 7-2 and Lukey is through with the next round to play dating. I didn't play well tonight. <laughs> so that was uh, Lukey Bourne and Ronan Finn. Uh, comfortable win for Comfortable Luke. win for Lukey. Uh, yeah, so he's got himself back in the cup to play Davy Mack in the quarterfinals. That'll be a, a nice little show. And uh, the Rosetown waiter, he's heard us do loads of these uh, quiz now. And this was the first time he actually ever said anything to us. No, like, no, no, He last time... Oh, he did, yeah, with the, yeah. the gun. He said he knew what a blunderbuss was. Blunderbuss is a gun. <laughs> yeah, what did I he say? That was, a, that was a general thing, though, wasn't it? Blunderbuss. What did he say? It was something like, that's feckin' easy. Yeah. And Luke, he's been very busy lately, Gary, because he was on the Greatest League in the World podcast, mm-hmm. and he was on Irish Fan TV, and I'm just going to play you the very end of this interview he did with Paul oh, Neelan. Oh, that right, yeah. Yeah, because... Oh, you're going to play that one, yeah? Yeah, there's an interesting question sent in. I'd like everyone to, to hear this. Um, Riley Parsons, uh, this is the guys who do uh, Tales of the East End podcast. Uh, it's a Sean McCrover's podcast. Um, <coughs> fan of the show as well. Um, he asks, uh, who does he prefer, Gary P or the prof? <sighs> See, I was at Tales from the East End uh, quiz winner last year. Unfortunately, had a bit of a... Uh, dubious decision in the first round this year I got knocked out and the prof got me back in through the back door so I'm going to have to say the prof alright well there you are there lads um, thanks Doogie yeah uh, cheers, Mr. Hatred, cheers pal Mr. Hatred you're dead to me <laughs> waiting to see you in the Rollstone it's on you made the right choice I have a wrestling match yeah so uh, next up we have start 11 and predictions <laughs> Ooh. 
So do you know what? Fuck this. We're going for a letter. Hell for letter on this one. I'm gonna go four four two. I'm gonna take it to the orcs. And um, the orcs from Mordor. The orcs from Mordor. And uh, yeah, no, really, Manus and goal. Uh, Sean Kavanagh left full. I'm gonna go with Ethan Boyle right full. I'm gonna presume he's fit. I think they might have been holding him off to fit him into this. Uh, Joey O'Brien and Grace is obviously suspended for this, isn't he? Yep. So Pico centre half. I'm gonna have. Um, Davy Mack is out for six or seven weeks yeah. Luke Burns out for one or two so so we've an injury in the middle I'm gonna have, I saw uh, training at Tally yesterday and uh, both Carr and Boyle were still hobbling around a bit mm. so there'll be doubts I'm gonna have Ronan Finn and Dylan Watts in the middle of the park um, I'm gonna play up front Shawzy and Danny Carr and who else I'm going to struggle with my wingers here, Prof. I'm going to play Joel Coustron and, and let him redeem himself after a poor game and draw it. And uh, I'll let you pick. Let me think about my left winger and I'll let you pick. And for once, I've actually written out my team instead of humming and Han. Okay. So I'm going Manus, Cabo, Lopez, O'Brien, Bowen, right back. Coustron, mm-hmm. Watts, Bolger, Major and Minor, <laughs> Finn and Shaw. Oh, nice. Yeah, I'm still struggling with my left winger. Um, you you had a decent left peg in your prof. I think you'd have more passion than these guys had last week. So what are you talking about? I'd no left foot. <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah, that's uh, the way we're gonna walk out. Oh, do you know what? I think I'm gonna go three two. I'm gonna say high scoring game, loads of mistakes and a red card. Don't know for who, but a red card. Uh, yeah. So uh, we definitely owe these one. My God, we owe these. I'm I'm f- yeah I'm fed up with this crap. Like I'm. We just want we just want a good derby to to think about and and to to dwell on this season because it might be the highlight of the season. This derby might be the highlight of our season. We might scrape into Europe. You mean the highlight of the rest of our season? The rest of our season, yeah. Well, listen, I'm just frustrated at this stage. But we definitely Can we just please not concede in the last ten minutes, like we did in the other three games. Like I said, the orcs you'll smell them before you see them coming over, and it's it's just one of these things where we you got to love the derby though. The, that, see that video that Air put out there like a while back it resurfaced again with the like the Irish Danny Dyer uh, doing, doing the video problem. Oh, yeah, Brilliant. Yeah. Brilliant. I'm actually more confident now because we're all down and feeling sorry for ourselves rather than when we're in great form because nothing ever makes sense in the derby. So now that we're we're down I'm actually more confident rather than six unbeaten we're going to we're going to walk all over these. But either way, I dread the derbies. I dread eight games a season. I love it though. I love the dread. I love the feeling on a Monday where you know it's derby week and then it intensifies as the days go on. And Tuesday you start thinking about it. You start taking your, your starting 11. On the Wednesday you start wondering how many fans they're going to bring along. On the Thursday you're thinking how many we're going to bring. On the Friday you're just fucking buzzing for it. And you just can't wait because the derby is a couple of hours away. You start drinking at home and then you you end up drunk and you can't go to the game. And No, that's, that's just me. But... Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, yeah, all I, that. I joke, I joke. But either way, it's just a buzz of Derby week. All that, but I'm still dreading it. the build up to it, and I just can't wait. I love, we love, yeah. we're like masochists. We just love the pain. It's a. Uh, but I'm feeling not only a win, but a late winner oh, for for two one. Obviously, Dylan must be perfect to get that winner, but I think it may be another midfielder like Finn or or Greg Bolger to nick it at the end. Yeah, a nice long ball in. Uh, very twig-esque in the first derby 
and uh, I could go in off someone's mm. mickey I don't care once it goes in what's your prediction more importantly will Tommy Kelly be let into this game uh, it's I don't know it's 4-6 to six for now I think it's <laughs> odds are against them yeah, so Prof give us some derby stats well, obviously Bows are looking to go unbeaten against us in the whole season they've done that a couple of times before in the tally here so hopefully not a third they've got 18 goals in the last 4 games yeah. all against inferior opposition but then yeah. again we couldn't score against Strada away could we and our, our league run without conceding is obviously still gone 6 games so Manus still hasn't conceded a league goal in seven years. That's amazing. <laughs> fair, fair play, though. What a run. Yeah. Ronan Finn has five goals against Bowles now. He's actually levelled uh, Gary Twiggs five. He's getting up there with Brando. Yeah. Brando and Trevor Malloy. That's right. He's one behind Malloy and, and Mealy. And Finner is said to become our highest appearance maker since Tata. 242 games. Congrats, Finner. Congrats. So Market would have got here. Four goal scorer. Yeah. There you go. Now you're football. And in goals since 2009, it's Twig 88, McCabe 59, Finn 44. 59 goals for Rovers game, McCabe. Yep. That's that's some record. really is. So uh, we'll move on. And the Bowls chairman, Matt Devaney, tweeted, our under 19s, 17s and 15s all won 6-0 this weekend. Remarkable stuff. The fact they've done this without 6am training starts and without high-profile ex-internationals running the muck on the sidelines make it all the more impressive. So once again, Bowls cannot have any sort of success without referring to the Rovers and it's such a small time mentality for a small time club who um, just can't seem to live without Rovers aren't we top about those leagues I certainly think I do yeah we are mm-hmm. but listen we've got ex-internationals running them up in the sidelines he got slaughtered on Twitter didn't he? hammered not one response <laughs> just just turn the phone off put it in the pocket but uh, no, it's it is it's a small time mentality, and I don't expect much more from from the, the club. You know, yeah. considering their their history and what's going on currently at the moment with certain underage teams and certain underage managers, we're not saying anything. But everybody knows the truth. And mm. look at the former employees that they have who are now at Waterford. It's just it's a, it's a sign of the, the type of club that they are. So as bad as that was, uh, a couple of weeks ago, Sean Long. Post something on Rara's chat and I can't believe he actually went to this I can understand now he could have been in that neck of the woods anyway yeah. but but here's here's what he said yesterday I attended a question and answers talk titled how bohemians became the people club at beach yard uh, going into this talk I wasn't too sure what to expect I was hoping it was the audience that was allowed to ask the question but this wasn't the case and more than likely better off that it wasn't the case uh, with a small crowd of 100 or so there was plenty of Bowes members, along with fans, few players I spotted, and the ex-Bohemians president, as he was described. Uh, they talked a bit about how Bowes tried to advertise their club by bringing in different food and drink companies, playing football in Mount Joy, calling a craft beer after themselves and putting in all the local clubs. Then they talked a bit about moving in with Shelburne to get a new stadium. They said, and I quote, Tata Stadium might be nice now, but it's the soldest stadium with no character. Uh, they'd done more talking about Shamrock Rovers for the hour than they did about themselves. Then, the last question they asked was, What is your Bohemian's dream? And the response he got was, To beat Rovers in the cup final. As they all chanted, We are Bowies and we all hate hoop scum. <laughs> but we all know who are Dublin's green and white. That's it. And um, No poetry readings, apparently. No, no crusty poetry readings about no. LSD. But uh, PJ Gallagher was there. And he said he's only supporting them since March because he's a GAA man. Probably one of the most unfunniest people I've ever come across in my life. 
him and that other fucking idiot Eric Lawler or Lawler whatever his name is don't bring up Lawler two un yeah <laughs> two unfunny men but uh, some of the replies were funny we'd leave Barnmall the, the ever quotable Barney he says they've done a great job marking the club to be fair Bowes crowds have been respectable the last couple of years while their first team have been awful but Shamrock Rovers are what make the club tick without the rivalry they've nothing and they're all programmed to put our club down at every opportunity whether it's our team our stadium our fans our firm our academy or any other aspect of the club no Bowes fan has anything good to say about our football club it's called an inferiority complex fuck them forever in our shadow and Ray Chef Ray has said uh, one of their board members marketing bloke was on Con Murphy's podcast recently referencing possible and current techniques to entice new fans and customers to the League of Ireland the only time he mentioned Tallis Stadium was to remind everybody of its soulless nature this is a problem throughout the League of Ireland where petty fan rivalries can't be put aside when discussing the greater good by people who rather than begrudgingly congratulate the rival will have a go by deducing what a trip to Daily Mount will give a neutral a better experience than e.g. Tallet Stadium because Johnny Giles used to play there I've said it for years most Bowles fans hate us more than they love Bowles another one from Barney I like this uh, rumour has it the locals rob their vegetables from the old tramway end <laughs> uh, um, uh, so, yeah, so Junior Hoops news and uh, once again the Civil War is over we are back in cahoots with the civil with the junior hoops. Yeah, Glenn Dunn was very civil with me in uh, United Park. So don't don't trust them. Don't oh, no. trust them. It's all a ruse. But uh, it's the last home match before we're back to school. So Rovers water bottles for all the junior hoops. So make sure you get down and get yourself a uh, fantastic water bottle. They're also introducing the mailbox. Kids can post questions or whatever they want to the players. She has been mailed out. The mailbox is a fine affair donated by everybody's favorite semi-state body. We which wouldn't is, know anything about which that. Which is yeah. code for Glenn Dunn and a legion of 12 rolls got a Kango hammer and <laughs> ripped one out of the ground at 2 o'clock in the morning in somewhere in Dublin 18. I saw Paul actually lugging in this mailbox into Tala on Tuesday morning. They're the ones we have in the job yeah. where you can recommend something in, yeah. in the job. So um, that's, and, that's that. And also best luck to everyone uh, getting their exam results on Wednesday including obviously the Demon Sertan. So that includes Aaron Bolger Dean Dillon and Connor Foley. Ah, excellent stuff. Yes, I just mentioned Connor Foley and Aaron Bolger in the same breath. It's come a long way, that young man. But I was saying, I was saying, young Connor, I said, we, we don't have to judge anyone on what their points are. Rovers fans don't get judged on what their points are in the leaving series. They get judged on how many cans they drink accumulate over the course of a season on the Gary Twig bus. So, yep. young Connor's going to be a doctor. <laughs> Bonus points for giving people cans as well. Yeah, true, yeah. true. Extra, that's yeah. extra two points per can given yeah. to someone on the bus. So good luck to everybody. And uh, on display in the 1899 suite is a selection of Rovers versus Bowls match programs and fanzines from bygone days. And there'll be, uh, you have copies of League of Ireland book One Team, One Dream, One Friday Night on sale, 1899 suite on Friday. With Otter Brian Kennedy available to sign the book again. So. Um, we only have eight badges left before Sligo still have eight badges left mm-hmm. last chance at the Bowes games the last chance we bring them to the ground so if you don't get them you'll never get them after this last chance collector's edition ok so we have some good news regarding our flags in Tallaght we've cleared us from the council and the builder to cover the new stand Rowers flags for Friday so these will need to be at Tallaght by lunchtime on Friday so just drop them into the shop and we'll, they'll be cable tied to the scaffolding on the stand by a council official and return post-match so have a look at the pictures and this can be a wall of Rowers flags it's going to look fantastic you can find it on the Rowers chat Mark Lynch posted it up and um 
post below if you want to put your flag on display in the rovers chat and uh it's uh it's gonna be a cracker so make sure you get it up and we'll have a big display and what else have we got we also have some brand new women's polos available and uh we have pin badges from the dj in 1899 as well so some fantastic new stuff going on at rovers so uh, don't forget your flags before lunchtime on Friday. And we're very, very excited to announce our League of Ireland LOI Curious bit, which is coming up. So we are introducing new fans to uh, the League of Ireland. So we have a lapsed Rovers fan who used to go in Milltown, and he's been to Tallow once or twice, and we're going to get his words and see what he stopped going and get his interview beforehand and see how he feels about the derby. And then we have a... Uh, funnily enough, an AC Milan fan. Mm, he's Irish, though. An Irish AC Milan fan who has... I think he's been to one or two games, the odd game, so we're going to get his view on why he never gave Irish football a chance. And we're currently looking for a bar stooler as well. Maybe a Premier League bar stooler. Premier League bar stooler. But even if we had just have those two, it'll be a good It'll segment. be brilliant, but it's, yeah. it's all about getting new fans into the stadium. Yeah. And uh, we will also have a new section called the Members Corner. And we are going to interview a member each week and trying to promote and all the fantastic benefits that it is being a member and your, your owner of the club eventually. So um, we are definitely trying to promote membership and it's going to be a fantastic new segment, so we're looking forward to that. Our next show is Monthly Madness. We're going to speed this one up because probably some work at one o'clock. <laughs> and uh, it's going to be a James Cook and Mick Bourne. And what's special about this one? Well, what's special about this one is, Gareth, we're hitting the road. It's not going to be in Johnny Boo's bar. Tiffany's Road be, Show. It's going to be held at the famous Glenmullor Inn, James's Man Cave. Craft beer orgy. Yeah, finally get to see it for ourselves. Cannot wait for this one. So, uh the fridge will be stocked and of course we'll be bringing the beers from Penny Hill Carrio so we'll have some lovely beers for James and Sean of course I'm sure he'll join in in a bit of crack with some Cuban cigars and some Guinness and some crafty beers yeah looking forward to meeting Mick Byrne now Hades legend so uh, and 90s legend definitely interested cannot wait for that one it should be the crack hope there's no curfew Jamesy but um, yeah so that is it for this week and uh, that'll be posted on Tuesday morning Friday's game is on Airsport but fuck them Get to the game, block M, section four, get yourself in with the ultras. Keep on hooping, folks. See ya.